Greg Rochelle says, as leaders, we can often be distracted by what looks like an opportunity. Just because we can do something doesn't mean we should. We don't need to do just more. We need to do what matters to make a bigger difference. In today's episode, we're talking about dealing with distractions. You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, hey, everyone, we are in episode number 20. Only a few more episodes to go in the season. As season four, we tried this new format doing audio, but I will warn you, we are going back to video. I'm asking people, I'm recruiting, we're getting a lot of video lessons for you, and I'm really excited to have others pour into you uh, as well. But man, I've been just enjoying the study through Nehemiah. We're going to go up to chapter six, where we find ourselves today and Nehemiah completing the wall. Uh, Man, uh, here's an important uh, constant reminder that I need to remind myself and I want to remind you. When we're trying to complete a task for God and give him glory, the enemy, Satan, he will try to take us out. I know it's not profound. It's not even something you've never heard before. It just needs to be reminded and said again. Satan wants to take us out and not be effective for God. He is fierce. He does not show mercy. And this is why Peter addresses leaders in 1 Peter 5, 8 and says, hey, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a luring lion and he's seeking someone to devour. He desires to devour us as church leaders and ruin our lives, and he is a great tempter. And then in the next episode, as we sort of finish out chapter six, we're going to talk about the importance of our personal holiness and leadership. And then uh, episode 22, we'll talk about the finish and completion of the wall and wrap up the series. But in today, um, man, I, I want to talk to you about what... Uh, what it looks like for Satan to work in our lives in a more subtle way, Uh, not just tempting us with sin, but in verses one through nine of chapter six, um, we see him work in a subtle way as he tries to take us out as leaders, not by destroying us, but by distracting us. He doesn't try to destroy us only in these obvious ways, which he does. Don't, don't get it twisted. We'll talk about that next week. But the reality is he distracts us. Now, a distraction is a thing that prevents someone from giving a full attention to something else, right? And we've all dealt with it. And we see in chapter six of Nehemiah, the enemy tries to distract Nehemiah in this subtle way uh, in two distinct ways, in busy activity and in negativity, in some busy work and some criticism. And these distractions are for us as well today. And so let's look at this first topic. Let's jump into some two two main distractions that the enemy uses to distract us, to try to take us out. And let's understand these things. Let's remember these things and let's learn again. Uh, And so thank you so much for listening, for coming back and just hearing these truths from God's word and the wisdom that I've learned. I've loved being able to study these things and glad to pass these things on to you. Now, verses one through four talk about uh, how The enemy tries to distract Nehemiah through busy activity, busy work. We've all experienced that. Let me just read the first two verses. Now, Sambalot and Tobiah and Geshem of Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it. Although up to that time, I had not set up the doors in the gates. Sambalot and Geshem uh, sent to me saying, hey, come and let us meet together. 
in the plain of Ono, but they intended to do me harm. Now, the first distraction, temptation from Nehemiah's enemies was a distraction of busy work. Sambalot and Geshem were wanting to have a meeting with Nehemiah. And so this text serves as a biblical reason for some of you of why you hate meetings. I'm joking, right? They were trying to have a meeting. They were trying to get uh, Nehemiah off the wall, not setting those doors and those things to get, have a meeting and to talk about things. Now, listen, meetings are great. They're very important. We've even done a leadership lesson on the importance of meetings because it aligns vision. It gets brings unity. It gets things uh, together. And that's a very specific, important thing for leadership. But only when they serve a purpose, meetings are valuable. Oftentimes we do meetings that aren't valuable, that aren't aligning vision, that don't really require us to be there. We could say a lot in an email rather than just a meeting. The purpose of this meeting that uh, Sambalot and Geshem wanted to get Nehemiah in was to harm him, to stop the work God had called him to. Now this seems subtle, but we must watch out for these type of distractions and busy works, even meetings, because busyness does not always produce effectiveness. And this is one of the ways the enemy works. Just because we are busy does not mean that we are fruitful. And but yet this is in our culture. We idolize and value those that are doing a lot of stuff. Right. We ask, hey, how are you doing? And the answer is busy. My friends, busy is not an appropriate response So when you say someone, how are you doing? You should be saying fine, good, great, sad, depressed, uh, discouraged, whatever it may be. But a lot of people, they're so busy, they're defined by busyness that they're missing some of the emotional side, the part of life that God wants us to live. A great question is, are you busy with the right things? Are you busy with the right things? Are you doing what God has called you to do? Do you clearly know your purpose, your calling, God's will for your life? And are you implementing that guidance from the Holy Spirit into your life? It's important to know and should guide our lives. We should be doing the things God's called us to do. And for some of us, we need to seek God for his calling. But other others of us, we just need to implement what God has already spoken to us and make sure we don't get distracted by that. Now, many of you probably seen this quadrant. It's a four, uh, sort of like a, a square and then four squares in a square. And there's uh, little categories of how you can organize your sort of life or what uh, comes up your way. Uh, there's the urgent, right? But it's unimportant. Okay. There's the urgent, but it's very important. There's the non-urgent, but it's really uh, not important. And then there's the um, non-urgent and it is important. Hopefully that makes sense, me explaining it. But let me give you some examples because we have to decide what goes in these box boxes based off of our values and priorities. And even if we've never seen this or even heard of it, it's important for us to make decisions based on if a thing is urgent and if it's important because things can come our way that distract us, that seem to be uh, urgent, but they're really not important. Let me give you an example, a non-urgent important thing spending time with my family. Uh, Urgent thing is a phone call comes at eight o'clock after I've had dinner. Now we're winding down about to watch a movie. But the reality is, is that spam call or even a text from a church member can be set aside and not necessarily be an urgent thing, right? But the important thing is for me to actually block out that time spend with my family, even though it's necessarily non-urgent, even though your family says, oh no, go ahead, take that. It's not a big deal. Uh, Another example may be um, exercise and diet. 
That's a non-urgent, important thing. If you eat McDonald's, you'll probably feel great. It'll be awesome. But if you eat continually fast food, it's going to affect your body. And in the long term, it can actually bring some very harmful damage to you. So you have to watch your body. You have to physically have some exercise, some diet uh, to live somewhat of a healthy life if you want to last a long time, something important to live more. But if you have fast food for a week, no one should condemn you. It's a non-urgent thing. It's not going to affect you the next day. And so we have to discern what is what is what is the things that are coming to our plate that are not even urgent, right? Giving a phone call to someone in our church just because the Holy Spirit leads, but they're very important. Um, rather than just going off the urgent, something that's just getting our attention right here and now, uh, like social media, but it may not be um, uh, important to the ministry God's called us to. So I hope that sort of helps because we need to do clearly understand our purpose, calling, and and implement these things. Um, to have discernment and not just be distracted by busy work like Nehemiah is trying to be tempted to be distracted by busy work. David Kraft's book, which a book I recommend, I think on E Leader's website, I actually quoted uh, a lot of quotes on a blog from him and sort of archived that for us. Uh, he says this uh, in his book, Leaders Who Last, having a biblical, uh, having a Biblically based purpose is like holding a magnet. It motivates, directs, and pulls you around detours through distractions. Let me say that again. Having a biblically based purpose is like holding a magnet. It motivates, it directs, it pulls you around detours and through distractions. He goes on in that book and says, I should be concerned uh, with being productive, not simply being busy. Uh, Just because we are busy with work doesn't mean it's effective. And you can get, you can do the wrong type of work that leads you to the wrong direction. Uh, another silly example, but I remember the first time I was late dropping Laura off uh, by her curfew when we were dating. Uh, we were coming home, I think, from Seattle area uh, back to uh, Olympia going south. And it was really late at night. I was trying to get her home by midnight or one o'clock. I forget the thing, but we actually were driving. We stopped off. We were tired. An unfamiliar gas station got gas, got back on the freeway. And then all of a sudden, about 15, 20 minutes later, I realized, wait, I've seen this exit before. Wait, we're going, we're back in this town. And I realized I was driving, but I was driving the wrong direction. I got back on the freeway and I was doing something, but it wasn't effective because I was going the wrong way. This is why understanding what you're to do and why you're to do it is so important in leadership because we could do a lot of stuff, but if we're doing a lot of the wrong stuff, it really doesn't lead to a great path. Andy Stanley says this, people without clear vision are easily distracted. They have a tendency to drift from one idea to another, often making foolish decisions that rob them of their dreams. So we must base our life off of our priorities and following after God and what he wants. And this is why prayer in leadership is so important, because we need to be constantly in prayer, aligning our hearts to the Father's will. And once we know this, we need to implement it. You know, Michael Hayek, um, he's a great leadership coach. He says, what gets scheduled gets done. What gets scheduled gets done. When we schedule our priorities, it will help us. And Nehemiah was like, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm still building the wall. And so he spent his time living on the thing God's called him to do. Uh, planning has really helped me out. I, I don't know if you know me personally, but I am a big planner. Right now, I actually have a planner on the wall in my office. I look at it. I see it. I have a, 
uh, planner on my desk in my um, notebook. So my daily stuff, uh, you know, so I can look at my daily stuff and plan that stuff out. I, I base my week off of my values and goals. And I don't like having, uh, you know, things like I don't like having more than three nights of ministry away from home. I take Mondays as my Sabbath day. I schedule my uh, study time in when I'm most um, awake and have the most energy. My workout time is scheduled, time with friends, even scheduling date nights with my wife. Like these things are important. Um, listen, I, I don't want to freak out and rely on planning. I understand Proverbs 16, 9, the heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. But I also understand that if you fail to plan, you're going to plan to fail. Um, you're just going to drift. Again, Andy Stanley says, we don't drift into good decisions. We discipline and prioritize ourselves then, our, ourselves there. And so planning has helped me dramatically. And I want to base my life off of the importance. So, yeah, I'm going to be one that schedules date nights and trips with Laura and vacations and making sure um, I'm valuing my family and saying saying no to some things. I think it's a wise thing to schedule social media time or to systematically read through the Bible and other books in a yearly plan. I want to be purposeful to the things that God has called me to and not just live off the urgent, but live off of the important of what God has called me to. And man, I'm just going to tell you, if you live this way, it is hard. It is hard because in our world, there are so many distractions that just get us sidetracked. Um, you know, a current leader, Christine Kane, she's uh, she says this. It takes a current com- it takes a huge commitment to stay focused these days. There are so many moving parts that need our attention and an ever changing landscape that must be navigated. I've never had to work harder to keep the main thing the main thing. We need the wisdom and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Man, amen to that. The struggle is real for us to actually keep our eyes straight and do what God's called us to. But this is the exhortation that we have, the wisdom from scripture to keep focus. Proverbs 4.25 says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. What has God called you to do? It's going to take energy, effort, and work in able to do that. A book that I would really recommend to you uh, that has really helped me out in this is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. I've actually read this twice because I have to keep on going back to it to remind myself to focus. Uh, And so in order to do this, in order to be focused, not be distracted, did you notice what Nehemiah did? He said no. Now say this out loud with me. I know you may be listening or working out or uh, in a car, whatever it may be, but listen, just say out loud, no. You know, it's not a sin to say no. And oftentimes you have to say no to good things so you can say yes to great things, the things that God has called you to. The reality is we just can't do everything and we must prioritize. And this requires us to say no, that the great things that God has called us to do, we should obey first and say yes to him. And even non-believers know the importance of prioritizing, implementing a plan. You know, the rich man Warren Buffett said the difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything. For some of us, saying no is like a sin, but it is necessary in leadership. We only have 24 hours a day and we must choose wisely how we will spend that time. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. This is what Nehemiah did. He said, no. 
And so in verse three, it says, I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down to you. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? In his own words, he simply says, no, we're finite. We can't do it all. And we must learn to say no often because distractions come up often. In verse four, he says, they sent to me four times in this way, saying, come, meet, come, meet, come, meet. It was like the persistent thing. But Nehemiah stayed strong and answered them in the same manner, the text says, no. It wasn't just a one-time thing, and it won't be just a one-time thing for you. And Jesus taught us to pray, right, daily for our temptations, to seek him daily. This is why it's a good thing to commit to the Lord daily and spend time with him, the first thing, and give your plans over to him. You, you'll find success when you continue to prioritize. Small steps lead to many miles. Craig Rochelle said this, successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. We need to consistently prioritize, plan, pray through these things, and man, just follow after the leading of the Holy Spirit because there will be busy work, a lot of it, and you need to have the wisdom of God and discernment for that. Well, next thing we see is this enemy. He tries to distract Nehemiah, not just with busy work, but then he just full out attacks him with negativity. Verses five through nine. Verses five through nine, uh, they send an open letter so everyone could know and hear their criticism, right? It was a negative thing. Uh, They're saying basically, Nehemiah is a jerk. He's trying to do, uh, go against the king and he doesn't want to meet with us. And they're whining, complaining, assuming and lying about Nehemiah. And the reason why they're doing this is because of what he's doing. He's saying no to them and it's going to offend them. It will offend people when you say no to them, when when you don't let their agenda rule your life. You know, oftentimes I have people come and often ask me, hey, can I share this ministry at church or do this or do that? And I just say as a pastor, like, no, our prioritize is God's word. Yes, that's a valid ministry, but people are coming here to hear God's word and we want to praise him and worship him. And that just doesn't fit our agenda. I'm so sorry. And then they they get upset. Well, listen, don't be surprised when people get upset and even uh misrepresent what you're trying to do with the vision God's called you to do. You know, there's a reason why they're called haters because they hate hearing no and they hate not getting what they want. But sadly, this can distract your work as well because it's hard when people are criticizing you and you want to cave in. You want to cater and say yes to people. You don't want things to be negative. You want things to be positive and you, you can be tempted to please people. We as people get discouraged by words, especially false words like Nehemiah's about to get like rumors and lies. But rather than stopping the work, we see Nehemiah respond wisely. He prays. In these situations where you have to say no and yes to, you need to pray. And then when you follow through, you need to pray after that as well. Because discouragement can come. Negativity can come. In verse 8 and 9, he says, Then I sat to him saying, No such things as you say have been done, for you are inventing them in your own mind. For they all want to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work. And it will not be done. Remember, they they thought that if they distract him, if they critique them, if they dis, if they throw out negative stuff and lies and rumors, that the, their enemy thought that they would drop the work. Discouragement often leads to dropping the work. But now, oh God, he says and prays, strengthen my hands. He refused to listen to the lies of the enemy, and he said something. And he said something about it. He de, he fights the the enemy lies with truth, and he prays to God. 
This is exactly what you and I need to do. When we have lies from the enemy, distractions, criticism, rumors, uh, discouragement, uh, things that we get caught up in, we need to speak the truth of God's word, scripture into our hearts. Why are you downcast on my soul? Put your hope in God and you need to pray. We can really get distracted by what others think and say about our our ministry, can't we? It takes real strength and focus nowadays to follow the Lord and not man. It seems like everyone and anyone is saying their uh, opinions on social media and people's opinions are like truth, right? They hold a certain weight. And if you disagree, well, then you canceled, you done, you out of here, you critiqued, you're goodbye, you're the enemy. We need to ask God for boldness and courage to follow what he has called us to do as we're saying yes to things and no to other things. Because when we do this, he does give us strength to follow. He gave strength to the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest leaders in the New Testament church. In Galatians 1.10, he said, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And we are servants of Christ godly leaders trying to build his church up and minister to people. We need to be motivated not by man, but by God, because God is our great rewarder. We serve him. In leadership, you can't make everyone happy, but you should make God happy if you're a godly leader, right? People will criticize and that's okay. We have to deal with this negativity. We have to deal with lies. We have to deal with rumors by others as they critique our ministry, but we need to just keep on serving the Lord. Um, some may not like what we're doing so much. They'll actually gossip and lie about us and try to harm us and harm the work. But I find it best what we do with negativity, with lies and gossips is what Nehemiah did. Speak the truth, speak scripture, pray and move on. Speak the truth, pray, move on. In this moment, Nehemiah had to trust God. And so will we, because God will vindicate us. And he vindicated Nehemiah. And this is a good thing for us to lean into and allow negativity to actually help us uh, be better leaders. Romans 12, 19 says, Behold, uh, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. You know, when we pray and allow God to deal with those things, he'll deal with it. And God will take care of us and his people and every truth will be revealed. And so we just need to stay focused on what God has called us to and not let these things distract us. Don't let negativity distract you or tempt you to go back and gossip. Speak the truth. Move on. Let God handle it. Pray and give it to him. You see, God is at work and able to direct and guide you in what he's called you to do. So pay close attention to him. Having your eyes fixed on Jesus because distractions, man, they are out there like landmines trying to harm you. But by God's grace, we're able to navigate through them and continue to follow God in this life and with our leadership. Join us for a conversation with Pastor Daniel and his dad, Pastor Joe Williams, as they share a pastoral perspective on the book of Nehemiah. Well, we see that the enemy wanted Nehemiah to be distracted and really not effective. Uh, How does Satan try to distract us as church leaders, Daddy, as well uh, as cause us to not be effective? Because Nehemiah had an enemy, and guess what? We have an enemy. I think the biggest 
danger of being a leader, um, you can get distracted by trying to do too many things. You know, if you do too many things, you can't do them all effectively. So you're going to really have to know that you're only one person. You got to learn to say no to some things and to delegate because you can do a million things in ministry to distract you. There's a lot of things in ministry to distract you, but a lot of those things can be delegated. You haven't got to do it all. You want to focus on the main thing, and that's, you know, praying and teaching and stuff like that, but you can't do everything yourself. So you're going to have to look among yourself, you know, faithful men that you can delegate things to. Yet as many distractions... Because everybody wants your time. Seems like when people call me, it seems like everything is a crisis, which it's not, but they say it is. Many times it's not. You know, sometimes people want to go to the store. You know, uh, I'll delegate it to someone that's close to their house and they can take them to the store. Or, you know, people always have things for you to do, but you got to know that there are other people in the fellowship that can do those things too and you don't have to do everything yourself because the more things you do, the more you're going to be distracted. Well, what I'm hearing you say is there's power in saying no and understanding basically what you're called to because we all have different callings. So how do we discern our calling and what to say yes in and what to say no to? Well, you, you know, your calling, you know, that's, that's, that comes first. You know, uh, that takes a lot of time right there to really see God in his word and prayer. And that takes a lot of time. You know, you got to stay focused on what God has called you to do. You got to stay focused on that. And that's a full time job right there. But some things are seems like it just takes you away from your focus, take you away from your vision. You know, Satan wants us to lose focus because if we do, we're not going to be effective if we lose our focus, we're not going to be effective. So, yes, the power of saying no, uh, you can do that. You can tell people that, hey, I just can't do it, but I know someone in our fellowship that can help you. Uh, could you give them a call and they can take you to the store maybe today uh, or something like that, something simple. So don't be afraid to say no and don't be afraid to uh, delegate. There's nothing wrong with that. What have been for you some other distractions you've had to deal with in ministry? And um, how did you know that they were distractions? Well, I knew they were distractions because I was so busy. I didn't have enough time really to hardly prepare for Sunday services and stuff. I was doing things during the week like, you know, doing yard work at church and, you know, shampooing, carpeting and uh you know, things, uh, plumbing problems, you know, I didn't have anybody else to do it. So, you know, I had to do it myself, but it was very distracting. Uh, but now uh, I have people I can delegate those things to, but it hasn't always been like that. Especially when you got a small church. Many times you find yourself doing things that uh, you don't have anybody else to do those things, so you got to do them yourself. But, and it's very distracting but they has to they, they got to be done by somebody so you, you usually in a small church usually you don't have enough help 
to do the things that you would want to do. I guess in a bigger church, you got more people that you can delegate things to, but in a small church, you really don't. Um, so certain, certain things that I've done, I really shouldn't have been doing, but they had to be done. Well, we see Nehemiah try to um, be distracted by the enemy by busy work, doing things that you shouldn't be doing. But also what's interesting is he distracted him with negativity. Uh, how have you seen negativity ruin ministries and even people's lives by just being negative? Being negative is very dangerous. It's very That's very distracting. Being negative. What I try to do is to surround myself with positive people because I find negative people very draining. I find negative people very discouraging. They never have anything good to say. Uh, it's always negative, always negative, always negative. Uh, you know, I have people in my church like that and they drive people away from them because of their, neg their negativity. Their mindset is just negative. You know, I tell them sometimes, don't you guys, can't you guys find something that you're thankful for? Can't you find something that you can thank God for? You have a roof over your head, right? You have food, you have shelter. Can't you thank God for that? But if you want to be successful, well, God never called us to be successful. He called us to be faithful, right? But anyway, you know what I'm saying. You want to surround yourself with positive people who can encourage you who can encourage you because negative people I find very draining and they really can drag me down. Neg negative people can really drag me down. They can just suck all the energy out of you. So I love them, you know, but I love them. At, I love them at a distance. So I tell people, hey, man, we can do it. We can do it. And I know some positive people in our church, no matter how bad it's been, no matter how bad it gets, they still positive. They say, man, we're going to get through this. This is only a temporary setback, but we're going to come out on the other side. We're going to get through it. With God's help, he's going to help us get through. And sure enough, God brings us through. But those people are just, some people are, are positive no matter how bad it gets. they still positive. And some people are negative and they have everything they want, but they're still negative. And I'm thinking, I just don't enjoy personally being around negative people like that because uh, they're not motivated. They don't. They don't seem to have any interest. Uh, no. No drive. Everything's a crisis. You know, we'll never. We'll never get out of this situation. We'll never get out of that situation. You know, the Bible says we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Right. No matter how bad the situation is, if you got some positive people that can hold up your hands, you'll get through it. But, and you know who they are. You probably got some in your church, some positive people, and you probably got some negative people, and you know who they are. You can love them, but don't listen to their negativity, because you will not go forward if you can always dwell on the doom and the gloom all the time, and everything is so bad, and the world's in such a mess and the world is so bad, you know, hey, get around some good people who can encourage you. You'll go far. Trust me. Well, how do we be those type of encouraging people for our team? Maybe that are under us. Maybe we even struggle and have to fight in the mind of negativity. How do we as leaders 
uh, pour out encouragement and positivity to our team? What are some things you've done or practical things that we could do? We set the pace. If you're the leader, you want to be a positive leader. If you're a leader, you want to set the tone. You set the pace. You can't be a negative person yourself because other, otherwise people are going to pick up on it. You know, we've had situations happen. You know, our church got broken into and people came in and stole our sound system. People came in and stole things out of the kitchen. The people stole our uh, microphones and stuff like that. And I told them, hey, man, this is no biggie. I mean, Hey, we just go out and buy another one. That's what we did. Well, we didn't even buy another one. The insurance company paid for it. You know, when our church was needed a lot of work and it, you know, like it was going to fall apart, had a lot of, needed a lot of work on it. Uh, me and some guys got together and we fixed everything in that building. I, I had some guys who were very positive, and they were plumbers, you know, they were carpenters and stuff like that, and they would give their free time, they would come fix stuff, and everything now is fixed. But, you know, if you dwell on the negative, we could have said, you know, poor us, poor me. Well, we got all these problems. It never happens to anybody else. Yes, it does. It happens to everybody. But uh, I think it was Chuck Swindoll said, uh, it's not the things that happen to you, but it's, it's how you respond to them many times. How you, re, how you respond to things many times can really be, uh, that's some, we got to always choose how we're going to respond to different things. So we don't want to respond to negativity, negativity because as a leader, uh, we got to show some strength. We got to show some faith. We got to show some trust in God. Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. But you know what? God is with you. You just keep going. He will give you the people. He will give you the help. And he will give you the finances to get through it. That's what he's done for us for 40 years. We've had things happen and God fixed them and who we are. And I'm sure in the future, something else will probably happen. And we'll trust God. We'll pray through it and he'll get us through that too. So you, you never know what's ahead. But just trust God through it all and try to have a mind, uh, the right mindset. It will get you a, a long ways just by having a positive attitude. Because there are certain things you can't change. You can't change the future. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, you just take it a day at a time and whatever comes up, God will give you the wisdom how to deal with it. Well, any last thoughts when we think about dealing with distractions? We obviously talked about um, busy work. You have to say no, know your calling. We talked about this, uh, the distraction of negativity. Are there any other thoughts or things come to your mind when just doing ministry and be distracted by um, all the stuff in the world and your experience? Well, you know, there's a lot of things to distract us. I think that's really uh, from the enemy to get us not to focus on what God has called us to do. Because, you know, if you distract, if, if you distract, if things are distracting you, you're going to be very ineffective. You're going to, you're not going to be a, an effective leader. So you want to really focus on things that, that God has called you to do first. But there are a lot of distractions out there, but be careful that you don't get off the path and start doing a million things. Because that's very, very distracting. You know, people want you to do that. They want you to do this. They want you to do that. And 
you just have to just say, hey, you know, I can't do all this stuff. I can't do everything. You're going to have to do it if you want it done. And I told people that too. And some people, um, they picked up the ball and they ran with it and they did it. Because I told them I just can't, I can't be distracted doing all these things because there's only so much time in the day. And if you get off doing other things and get out of word of God and prayer, you know, uh, you're not going to be an effective leader. So be careful not to be doing it too much and learn to say no to some things so you can focus on what God has called you to do. Thank you for joining us for today's Leadership Lessons podcast. For more content, you can visit eeleaders.com and follow us on social media at eeleaders.com.